Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. We are all called to be the change in these times of whole systems breakdown and radical transformation on the planet. Conscious evolution is inviting us to question everything we thought we knew and open ourselves to our deepest innate capacities with new ways of understanding and literally new ways of being. The painful wounds of separation are presenting to be healed, and we, as agents of love, are the remedy. This is an invitation to amplify love for radical healing and transformation right here and right now. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Cheryl Lynn is a master intuitive, spiritual guide and medical intuitive healer who reads the energy beneath your words, working deeply at the cellular level as a conduit and bringing you back into alignment with the truth of who you really are. She's also one of my dearest friends and thought partners and the author of the forthcoming book, Amplify Love. And I'm so happy to bring her wisdom to you today. Welcome back, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, especially at this time where people are asking so many questions about the very thing that you introduced. Um, And I think that this will be a wonderful time too for you and I to have a deep conversation about all that's going on. Ah, thank you. Um, I'm just going to respond to that deep conversation piece and say, yes, I want this not to be an interview where I'm interviewing you for all your wisdom. You have been a fan favorite here for years and on my show so many times, but I really do invite us in and the listeners into this energy of a, a real deep dialogue what's going on and perhaps new ways of understanding, like I mentioned, new ways of understanding this new way of being. So where do we start? I'm not going to start with my traditional first question (laughs) because I I've, I've heard you respond to that so many different times. And um, in this conversation today, it is such a given, but I do want to begin with your words, Cheryl, because you're writing a book called Amplify Love. And I'm using that term here that that we're all being called to amplify love for radical transformation. So before we get into the radical transformation and everything that's emerging on the planet at this time, I'd love to hear your definition of amplify love. What does amplify love mean to you? Well, amplify love came to me um, while I was in meditation and and just kind of opening to 
personally my greater purpose of being on the planet, but also what was being called for, for humanity. And I heard the words amplify love. And I had used it here or there. You use that expression here or there. But I felt it so deeply in my being what that meant. For me, amplify love is for us to continue to reconnect to the truth of who we are beyond the ego mind, beyond what mass consciousness tells us we are, beyond our identities, and realize at the core of our being, there's this infinite pool of love that when we, when we tap into it, when we stay connected to it, so much of our anxiety, so much of our trying to get things right, trying to figure out how to be a good person, how to help others, how to clean up the mess that we have made of the planet, all of that, when we tap into that source, that well of love, it just feels so much more like connected and that we're, we're not doing it our, ourselves. We have our cosmic support. We have our, our communities. And within ourselves, we have this deep, deep connection to this loving impulse that, you know, some call God, some call spirit, some call inner knowing. And when we remember that, then we can stand unwavering in the face of just about anything. Mm, I want to pause. That was so beautiful. And I'm hearing this. I loved how you said the infinite pool of love. And then you go on to look at that as a source of loving impulse. The God creator source is oftentimes the designing intelligence of the universe perhaps is another way of looking at that. So tapping into that infinite pool of love not only calms us, but guides and informs us. So it's like really good medicine all the way around. Ah. <laughs> so I'll just, since, since we're, we're focused on this not being an interview, um, I'll turn, turn it back to you then, Julie. And so what does that, what does that feel like for you? Like, what is that core of your being when you, when you really get free of all the distractions? What does that feel like to you? What, how would you describe it? You know, it's interesting when, when you ask how I describe it when I'm there, um, and then I want to come back to the amplify piece. But when you ask, how does it really feel when you get rid of the distractions? There's um, some of my favorite ways that I describe it is that there's this beauty and this gentle peace. There's this sense of wholeness. So in my language, and many people talk about love, right? But how you're describing this pool of love, this infinite pool of love, I often look at it as like my true nature. It's my home frequency. It's where I feel 
home and whole and at peace. And I love that idea that how does it feel when you ask that? So maybe I love the question, but I love the idea that comes from the question because it's not describing something outside of ourselves that we have to create a connection to. It really is this innate capacity of who we be to rest in this awareness of love as this infinite pool, this source that's always there. So in order to, so in order to feel it, because I think uh, my awareness has been that most of us don't walk around feeling that connection. So, so the way into it is to clear away anything that is not that (laughs) to kind of, Mm. you know, part the curtains and it's like, Oh, there I am there, there, there's my core. There's who I am. Yeah, this beautiful image of cleaning the windshield that, you know, there's bug splatter, there's water splatters, there's, you know, when you're driving in your car and it's just almost like cleaning that and um, being able to see clearly again. Mm. And even if you think about a dirty window at home, um, oftentimes we don't even know we're looking out a dirty window and all of a sudden the colors fade and there's a disruption in our clear vision and, you know, whether you're thinking about your car windshield or the windows at home, um, when we literally clean that window, the whole world brightens up and we see with clarity and, and it's just a whole amazing phenomenon that I, I love when the window washers come. I love it. I like <laughs> I have windows out in front of me at my office right here. And um every once in a while they come by and do the outside windows and if my door's locked they they can't get in to do the inside. And I just love the days that they come by and it's like the whole world looks pristine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what a what a funny analogy that we're on, but this is really a beautiful piece of, of what does that look like and feel like and what is our experience of that infinite pool of love. So what does the word amplify in the amplify love piece mean? The amplify is that it's it really is what it, when I heard the term and was shown that this is the title of your book, even though it had a different title before, um, that it really was like turning the dial up so that those who are not not feeling that connection to that infinite pool, that the way that we turn the dial up is we, we assist in whatever way we are called individually to assist others to open to that awareness and that just increases the frequency because if if people are operating from that level of awareness, then conversations are completely different. Agendas change to we instead of me or, you know, you did this and, you know, blame that whole blame shame game. Like it just it shifts the energy of it. So the amplification is really about awakening more people to that that infinite pool that is in each of us it doesn't matter what our actions look like on the outside that that is the core of who we are as humans so let me drop in another 
idea. If we're talking about today, we're going to talk about radical transformation in so many different ways, but to lay the groundwork here, we're talking about amplify love. What if we are all here as agents of love? That today, as I was responding to someone else's question of me, I've been sitting in meditation preparing to um, do a wedding. And I, I was in this meditative place of what is the message for this wedding? And I hear to really look at love as not that we don't have love, we are love. And we are love expressing as Julie, and we are love expressing as Cheryl, which makes us become agents of love, that we are in action for love as love and through love. So what does it mean to you, Cheryl? Is this Does that make any sense that perhaps we could consider we are agents of love? Yeah, I, I like that. Um I I really relate to the term agents because it's, it it feels very like you know you have a mission when you're an agent you're on a mission and your your focus is whatever that mission is and if your mission is love then you're bringing love into everything that you do right um I think also that the idea of agents of love means that we're taking responsibility to, to find ways to bridge in a loving way. It doesn't mean that everything always looks pretty and all flowery and oh, love, love, love. It's not that it's an awareness that when we're having the conversation, that that is our agenda to bring love to, to bridge things with love, with a loving intent with the idea that even when we're angry with someone or we disagree with them, that we can still hold that frequency of love within us where we're, where we are more concerned about having loving connection and holding that higher vibration of love than we are about bending someone else to our will and mm. our and our picture of how it's supposed to look. And wh- I think one of the things that also that that does is it allows us to actually really hear someone else when we're when we're just in our identity or in our other emotional uh, realms, you know, if we're just angry because someone's coming at us and telling us we're wrong or whatever. Um then we we our ears turn off. We're not really hearing them. And I love in situations like that to just start asking questions. And you can do it in a loving way, even if, even if someone is, you know, you don't understand, ah, you know, whatever they're railing against. You can say, I I hear you. I hear that, you know, this is frustrating and you feel like you're not getting your point across. So let me ask you some questions so I can understand where you're coming from. So much easier to do that when you feel when you feel that connection to that loving impulse. Yeah. 
I love that. So I want to expand on that because this loving impulse, the connection of it um, with the word agents, when you were talking, I was also hearing agency. So we have this agency. We are that agency of love, which, which, which brings that into this beautiful place of, um, yeah, like co-creating, participating, you know, co-participating in this. So when we bring this into the conversation of radical transformation, there's so much happening on our planet right now. As we record this, we are undergoing radical transformation and breakdowns of, of our economic system, our political system, the criminal justice, justice and law enforcement systems, educational system, healthcare system. It's like our our systems and structures are those that no longer serve the highest good of all, the good of the whole. If they're not serving the whole, they're breaking down. They're going away. So when we think about amplifying love for this radical transformation on the planet, um, we'll, we'll talk about cultural transformation. We'll talk about planetary con- uh, transformation, but I want to come back to your words of that deep listening and asking questions and it not always being comfortable because cultural and planetary transformation come first from the personal. And there's so many there that are, are literally sitting in their, their space, um, holding tight to their position and saying, well, if only they will change and if only that system will change. And with whenever we evolve to the next level of this or the next level of that, and yes, I could see this conscious evolution, but it's out there and those things have to do their thing. And what I'm going to challenge us with today is that this radical transformation begins with me and my personal my personal journey, my personal agency, my personal mission, like you're talking about, that mm-hmm. it's it's a part of everything. I have a story, too, that I want to jump in here with. <clears throat> but first, I just want to throw that back at you about our radical transformation beginning on the personal level. Well, you know, of course, I was sitting here. As you were as you were going through each thing, talking about the radical change and the and what we're going through, and then I'm like, but what about the personal? But what about the personal? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're on the same page, and and I'm sure we both have some good stories to tell because I started thinking of one. There's a I actually had someone on my I have an amplify a public group on Facebook called Amplify Love, and someone I put out there, you know, what are the questions that you have right now? And one of the women wrote, how to cope with vulnerability and fear of suffering. That was her question. Mm. And when I read that, and, you know, there's, there were lots of other really great questions too, but when I read that, I just, in my heart, I just felt the pain that so many are going through. And I'm going to include myself in this because we're talking about the personal And, you know, there's been some interesting things in my own life that have really come to the surface because I'm, because I've been uh, in quarantine and, you know, just things that I probably wouldn't have dealt with if if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't had all this time of self-reflection. So 
Yes, I I want to want to definitely dive into, you know, what so how can we bring about that radical transformation? Well, it's happening anyway. But how can we guide that radical transformation so as we're as we're being called to assist in whatever way it could be it could be in our own family, it could be in our community, it could be out in the greater population. But if we're feeling that call, we have to, we have no choice but to look within first. And I know it, for me, it has been so uncomfortable. (laughs) There's just no two ways about it. There are things that I thought, oh, I got that handled. And then, you know, come to find out that I actually, I went through, I'll, I'll give one very, very small example where there was a day or two where I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I felt like there was a lot of anger boiling up and some of my friends were, were really, you know, letting their rage out of the cage. And it felt a little scary. I felt very vulnerable, just like this question um, that the woman asked on the Amplify Love page, how to cope with feelings of vulnerability and fear of suffering in ourselves and in others. Well, for me, I realized pretty quickly that it was an old wound. This had nothing to do. I like I'm I feel like I'm a pretty strong woman emotionally, spiritually, you know. So I had to really look like what's going on? Like you're you can handle this. But it was triggering this old wound that I had from childhood of being around my parents arguing and feeling so scared and that I didn't really have a voice because nothing I said would get them to stop arguing. And they were pretty, pretty intense in their arguments. Um, And it was triggering it and it made me want to retreat. So in order for me to go out in the world and do what I'm here to do, I have to allow those feelings to come up, identify, identify them. If I couldn't do it by myself, I would have talked to some friends like, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to, I don't want to, be out in the world at all. I just want to crawl under the covers and eat bonbons and pet the cat. (laughs) Um, But I was able to see what it was and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that scared little girl, you know, so afraid when her parents would fight. So just giving her a little hug and now we're going to go back out there and do more writing because that's usually how, you know, I process things. So, um, so anyway, that's just one example. And I'm sure you have have some from your personal life as well. Well, I um, I appreciate that story and tying it back into that vulnerability and fear of suffering. It's fascinating that your um, friend wrote fear of suffering, not suffering. Like, you know, not let's talk about our vulnerability and suffering it was the fear of suffering and the fear in and of itself is what creates the suffering that idea of separation so it's that's a fascinating um piece go ahead yeah the the fear of suffering i remember there was a turning point in my spiritual journey where I realized I wasn't afraid of dying anymore. It was like, oh, yeah, I'll just be in another form. You know, and I, I had realized that and people would say, well, are you afraid? Or aren't you afraid of dying? I was like, no. 
but there was a fear of suffering on the way to dying, you know, getting really sick, being in pain, all of that. That was the fear, not the actual death. So I think that that kind of ties into the fear of suffering when we can't see what's around the corner. You know, when, when, a when a virus is like lurking, like that's sort of how the media has portrayed it. It's yeah. lurking and you don't know if it could get you any minute. There's a great fear of suffering. You, you watch videos or hear of people, you know, just in horrible pain and, and having all sorts of complicated medical compli- complications. And you, if you don't know, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I don't know if I suffer. Maybe I'd get a mild case. Maybe I die from it. We don't know. And that, I think, is the fear. You know, so I'm just going to presence, and we just have a, a minute or two before break here. But so presence, presencing the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, and that fear of the unknown, we don't know. Um, and there's the fear of all the different theories and conspiracy theories that are out there about how it will play out, why it's playing out, what it's doing. There's the fear of even dying alone, you know, in in how things are been. But then there's the fear of the economic system crumbling. There's real pain and suffering of those who are in economic distress. But then we also have this racial injustice and the Black Lives Matter and the, the rioting and the protests. And there's fear of the unknown there. I saw, I'm just going to presence this right before break, and then we're going to dig into so much more of this after the break. But I saw a, it, turning off media is one thing we probably all should do, but I saw a grown man crying in fear because the police were nowhere around to help him in his time of need. And he was so afraid of a world without law enforcement. At the same time, we're watching people, you know, cry in fear of law enforcement. So there's so much happening, so much unknown. There's so much more to say. And I want to come back after the break, Cheryl. I want to come back to something that you said um, a few minutes ago, which you said, it's happening anyway. This radical transformation it's happening anyway. And so how we can tap into the wisdom of it's happening anyway to get us on the right path here. So we're going to take a quick break. I am here with Cheryl Lynn. And um, after the break, we're going to talk so much more about amplifying love for radical transformation. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Josh Groban. After so many years on the stage, one of my favorite things about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. Every year, billions of pounds of excess food go to waste, while one in five children may be left not knowing where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Thankfully, the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food and helps deliver it to kids in need across the country. But they can't do it alone. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. 
Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric. You know, girls who grow up with confidence are more likely to reach their full potential. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities, but my most important role has been as a mom to my two daughters, Ellie and Carrie. I've worked hard to encourage my girls to see the world as a place of endless possibilities. They know that believing in themselves will give them the confidence they need to persevere. Research has shown that girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges, not only in their teenage years, but well beyond. So join me as we empower the next generation. Together, we can help today's girls achieve their dreams tomorrow. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around, or Because I said so, or Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean, but I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. Oh, no, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Hey, welcome back. If you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm inviting you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. Come play with me. There's lots of ways to do that. You can check out those opportunities at juliecurl.com and goodofthewhole.com. I'm here with Cheryl Lynn, Master Intuitive Spiritual Guide and Medical Intuitive Healer. You can find out so much more about her work and to book a session at CherylLynn.com. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y-L and then Lynn, L-I-N.com. Right, Cheryl? That's right. Perfect. All righty. So right before the break, I have to, I just, I have to go back here. We were talking about this beautiful, you opened with this beautiful pool, (laughs) this infinite pool of love. And then you had mentioned that it's happening anyway. Change, radical transformation is happening anyway, with or without us. Radical transformation is happening. We have the opportunity to step up with choice and participate consciously in the evolution of this planet ourselves, the systems and structures that we live by. And so this is a time 
and a choice for conscious evolution. And so I'm going to bring this back to your term, Cheryl, this loving impulse, this loving impulse of evolution, this loving impulse of creation, this loving impulse that's animating all life is doing its thing. And we can either choose to work with it or not. But evolution will be happening with us and through us in one way or another. So as we as we bring that in, and here's what I want to just presence now, Cheryl, at this point of the conversation is that this radical transformation is happening personally, culturally, and planetarily. And if we can think about this new way of understanding and new way of being that I mentioned in the intro as this conscious evolution, if we want to be the change, think of the caterpillar to the butterfly. I mean, this is a really a good metaphor for us that literally imagine a caterpillar and the metamorphosis that the caterpillar undergoes of complete annihilation and then remodeling everything that's in that chrysalis into a butterfly. The caterpillar doesn't just grow wings and start flying, but look at the change in perspective. Here's what I want to bring into the conversation. The caterpillar now shifts how it lives and have it, how it navigates through the world. It no longer crawls, it flies. It doesn't live to eat, it lives to fly. And in doing so, it's pollinating all of these beautiful plants that literally, from crawling on the ground, one step with lots of little legs at a time, sometimes moving their whole body. I'm thinking about this caterpillar. I'm sure all of you can it can imagine a description of a caterpillar moving, no matter what kind of caterpillar that you're, you're seeing in your mind's eye. That literally, it just raises its wings, begins to fly. It no longer crawls at all. And those little legs don't crawl for any long distance. It's, it flies and it flutters and it goes through. We are in the same time of transmutation, transformation. It's radical. And giving into that and becoming conscious of it, it really is good medicine for that vulnerability and that fear and that fear of suffering that you were presencing before the um, the break, Cheryl. So I just want to bring in this idea of conscious evolution and this shift as we are no longer the, the caterpillar um, and, and imagine yourself, how you see the world, how you experience the world, how you navigate in the world and your form and function in the world all shift when you're transmuting from a caterpillar to a butterfly. So here we are at this time and everything is changing. Our understanding of the world, our understanding of ourselves and our way of being in this world is shifting. What can you add to that conversation? Well, um, a few things come to mind. First of all, caterpillars have been turning into butterflies 
for a long, long time, and that's going to continue. Right? <laughs> so I think that's important to remember. That's, you know, part of that fear of the future or, you know, thinking too much about the past and, you know, this is so different. And yeah, it is different. This is, this is definitely an amplification, an acceleration of the process. But we have been going through this process for a while now, not just because of a virus, but even before then. As a matter of fact, um, my partner, Brian, was reading something that that I had written a few years ago, and he he joked and he said, what, are you a prophet? <laughs> because changed like two words in it, and it could have been describing the time we're in now. Yeah. It was talking about radical change. It was talking about um, everything being turned upside down. You know, at that time, it was more about politics and about natural disasters that were happening. That was, but if you change that to racial uprising and, uh, you know, a virus, the, everything else was the same. And um, I always find it interesting you know, back about three years ago when people would say that, you know, the apocalypse is coming. This is the, you know, we're, we're going through a big, big shift. It's coming, it's coming. And I'd, I'd say, well, you know, what are, what are the predictions? And I'd say, well, there's going to be floods and fires and well, are there floods and fires now? Yes. <laughs> and, um, and disease and well, are there diseases that are wiping out populations now? Yes. So what do you, would you think it's something in the future? Do you think we're in a time of radical transformation now and now and now and now, because it's a process and we've been going through it for a while. It's just feels more. What's the word? what is the word Julie is like almost more it's affecting more people personally on a deeper level. Mm. It's like, you can't ignore it. Like you could, you could ignore some things could be ignored less. It's less and less. We're less and less able to ignore the transformation. We're in the chrysalis or we're, you know, breaking out of the chrysalis and it does not feel the same as crawling around on the ground. Right. Yeah. You know, so when we when we think about this radical transformation and think of the chrysalis and the butterfly, and I, I often will also add that the, the baby in the womb, like imagine we were all babies in a womb living in amniotic fluid. We had no idea what it was like to live on the earth and breathe air. And that's radical transformation. We continue to go through these radical transformations. So when you're when you're talking about that, it's like we have been. And someone said to me, you know, we've had so many big things happen that we think, well, now everyone will wake up and get it, and it, it'll be. And what you're what you're referring to reminds me of those labor pains that. Yes, floods and pestilence and fires and all these things have been happening as these contractions are moving us through this birth canal into this new way of being that, that, that you know, these contractions are there to help wake us up and prepare us and they're moving us toward this beautiful new way of being. So saying that, Miss Cheryl, 
<laughs> I'm just thinking about um, the fear when we're stuck in a portal that seems so dark and we're alone and it's scary we're stuck in the chrysalis or we're stuck in the you know we really have no idea what it's like outside of our chrysalis outside of our womb what it what will the world look like and it does feel i'm going to ask you this it does feel a little different in that yes change has been happening for a long time radical transformation is happening it feels like there's a um we're just on a different kind of precipice of change that the everything is is becoming more clear there's more coherence people are waking more and more and more like the collective psyche the collective consciousness is beginning to attune with that that loving field that loving impulse that you talked about it feels like um it's like a yes and that amplified the love is amplifying and that amplified love is amplifying our own awareness what do you think of that idea i think awareness is a really good word i like that because it's you can you can be aware of the amplification of love right alongside with being aware of the amplification of fear, hatred, all sorts of other, other, other things. And I think it's really, you know, I, I have someone in my life who said, don't go back to sleep. Don't like, you have to stay focused on your anger and your rage. And that's how, how we're going to create change. And in some ways, honestly, I think that that is part of it, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that can be fuel to get us into action, especially if we have felt, you know, that we haven't been able to take action or we felt like our hands were tied. And now there's this opening. It's like, oh yeah, we can really show some force and like, we're not going to take it anymore. I do think that that is, you know, part of it. And that's where, you know, I don't necessarily agree that just focusing on love and light is, is really going to change things. That being said, though, I think even as we're allowing the emotions to come up, allowing the the fuel of the fire in us to to surge up so that we can take action in a way that feels in alignment with our purpose and our mission and how we're meant to usher in this next phase of humanity. Even then, there is still that core of love. Mm. And we have to remember that as we're as we're using whatever tools are presenting for us, that it really changes the whole feeling of it when we look upon someone who is filled with hate and we look at them from a place of their core of humanity within them, their core of love. And we say, we, we understand that you're angry. We understand that, you know, you want to control everything, whatever the thing that you're confronted with is. But, 
but don't you feel like there's there's a there's a shift in in the energy if you approach it with with from that place within each of us with that core of love within us side by side with with that fierceness fierce love yeah yeah i'm thinking of that fierce passionate mama bear love and i'm thinking of also the love this is the most painful love that i've ever had is the um how do how would i even say it is that the responsibility to love my children also is this responsibility to discipline them you know to teach them to discipline in in their having having their own growth and well-being and health and safety in mind it's like that kind of mama bear fierceness is important and i'm thinking of it okay so here's one of my examples that okay. happened just a few <laughs> days ago um i was out to the lake and one of my loved ones sitting we, we've had so many conversations lately about racial relations which is important and we were sitting outside and um this loved one says look two black kids on a jet ski and i looked at this person just kind of like really like almost shocked and puzzled like i just like it caught me off guard and i turned over looked and this person says oh what am i supposed to say colored people what did i say it wrong and i said you could say look at the two kids on the jet ski and this person, I said it loving, but I said it in a, a fierce way too, like, this is our work now. It's not okay. And um, so I say that because those kinds of gentle yet profound ways of using our words and using our love is a part of the medicine right now. It's a part of the remedy that this amplification of love is a teaching tool and a healing balm all at the same time. If I would say nothing, um, I think it would hurt me if I wouldn't say something when those when those things pop up. So I love the idea about the fierce love, but this fierce love, again, as this agency for the amplification of love, as this becoming an agent of love, we have to use our voice, our actions, our thought, words, deeds, like our time, talent, and resources. Now is our time to literally step up and see the unity in our diversity and the love within the greater one planetary human body that we are. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, those things are so subtle and it isn't like the police brutality that's in the news right now. So it's not like this huge thing, but I'm going to just, I just want to presence this and you can give me some of your feedback before we have to wrap this important conversation up because I don't want to, but in the, in the same conversation 
as so and so right on the heels of that conversation another black person was killed by a cop i'm not even going to say the names because there's so many right now but another black individual was killed and this person and i got in a very heated argument mm-hmm. and so often we we're conditioned to look at our systems and structures and then we don't even think for ourselves as an agent of love, as an agent of this loving impulse of creation. And so the whole idea of resisting arrest is a reason to be shot and killed. It was so absurd. It's so absurd that that passionate mama bear had to come out and say, let's not rest in our ignorance here. Let's really look at this and let's, let's dig into the conversation. Let's look at all sides of it and let's really feel through, feel our way through this with the anger, the rage, the fear, the confusion, the anxiety. I mean, there's so much around all these issues that until we move through that emotion, we can't see clearly what, and we, we, we always do what we've always done. You know, we don't know what we don't know until we know it. So what wisdom can you share now, Cheryl, as we put all these topics onto the table here and, and look at amplifying love um, as a part of this radical transformation? What wisdom can you share for those out there that um, perhaps you, you gave a beautiful remedy for the vulnerability and fear, but what's the next steps in our transformation? What, what are we calling forward from all of us to to be an active, conscious part of this evolution and transformation on the planet? I think for me, what I've noticed for myself and for, you know, those that I assist in various ways and, you know, just conversations I've had, the biggest thing right now is that we must get really okay with being uncomfortable with not knowing what's around the corner with not having all the answers because that's that's when the fear really can take hold when we don't really know what we feel like we don't know what we're doing or you know there's a a lot of despair like I don't feel like things are going to really change or you know what difference can I make or you know we 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 made so much progress and now we've, we're back two steps, right? All of that. I think in whatever way we each individually can come to terms, terms with the fact that this is that part of the human journey is not knowing what's around the corner. We've never really known, even if you're, even if you have very refined psychic abilities and you can see pictures of things that are, that end up coming, coming true. If you're some sort of a prophet or seer, even then there are always some details that surprise us, or it's just slightly different than we might've imagined. And it's, I think that's a really important thing because when you accept that that is how the human experience is, that we're not here to know it all and to have it all figured out. Then we're in it together. And it feels less like a certain group or a certain person has the power and we have no ability to make a change. 
I, I remember when I was, um, before I met my, my beloved partner, Brian, one of the things in my dating profile that I put was half the time, I don't really have any idea what I'm doing around relationship, but I'm looking for someone who is willing to figure it out together and go on the journey. And that having that kind of a, an attitude as we're moving forward, I think will serve us so well. We're figuring this out together. No one has all of the answers. And we, if we do it from a place of that core of love, that core impulse of love and ask ourselves, is this going to bring more love to this situation or is it going to push love away? Then I think we have a high chance of being successful at moving through this time and coming out with a beautiful new earth. Mm. Let me just expand on that. What I heard while you were talking, it was just exquisite. Thank you for that example is that um, we don't know all the answers. So sitting in our liminal space of the unknowing it's time for us to allow that loving impulse that you speak of to be the guide. That that loving impulse will perhaps, um, we become agents of that. We, we enable and empower our agency for this loving impulse, this infinite pool of love that we source, that we get in contact, that that becomes the guide. And then we can rest in the knowing that everything will be okay. We're, so we're, as we're in the unknowing, it feels good to rest in the knowing that you always used to say the universe has our back, that love has our back. The impulse of, of love is at work here, that, that God creator source is up to something. And we're an agency of that, that we, we have agency of that. So, Sitting in the unknowing, we can be in a more comfortable place when we truly surrender to that loving impulse of that infinite pool that you speak of. Mm. Yes. Okay, yes, we're both breathing. Cheryl, we have about two minutes. Um, So in a minute or less, what more would you like to say about amplifying love for radical transformation on the planet? I'm excited for us. I forget that some days. I forget that there's an excitement in not knowing about how this all is going to play out. But there are enough people who really want to, even if we don't know what we're doing, want to usher in a new era where love is our guiding force, that I'm excited about what what is going to be our future Mm. yeah and i hope just these words today as you our friends and listeners are tuning in that these words can give you that sense of hope and excitement too because beautiful things are emerging everywhere even through the chaos and crisis of transition here and uh, my friend Barbara Marks Hubbard always used to say, yeah, this crisis is our birth. We're birthing. So 
Yes, thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us and sharing your wisdom again with our listeners and having this gorgeous conversation with me. Mm, thank you for for inviting me to have the conversation. I love love when we we share the mic. Mm, Thank you for sharing the mic with me. And I want to leave you listeners with words from Cheryl Lynn that says she wrote, no matter what our purpose or mission, love is at the core of who we are. You're listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. Remember together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole until next time. I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.